Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. We will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Thank you, Zandy. I'm Jack. I'm a compulsive overeater uh, and a 100-pounder. Um, I love, I'm looking at these faces, and I'm so um, grateful. I'm, I'm in a mediocre mood. And just the last five minutes seeing some of the faces here that I go back with a very, very long time, uh, just touches my heart. For the newcomers, uh, fly, the proverbial flies on the wall. Um, I love that attitude, you know. Uh, I might not even believe if I were you a lot of what I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And the truth is I came here 39 plus years ago with zero hope at all in any area of my life, not in my relationships, not in my ability to attain or sustain or maintain uh, a reasonable weight um, that I could sustain a relationship of any kind, that I could uh, get a career. I was not qualified, as I saw it, to undertake the responsibilities of adulthood in any area of my life. And now it's 39 years later. And, uh, at least I've proven to myself that, uh, I may, I may, I mean, I'm not going anywhere for at least another 20 or 30 years, but I'm making it out the other side. I mean, uh, now I get to talk about things that have happened in my life because of the program and my, my life changed that day I came to OA. So what it was like, um, I'm sick of telling my story. That's right, Seth. <laughs> so. Uh, I was fat in elementary school, I was fat in middle school, and I was fat in high school. I bought big man's clothes. I wore husky when nobody did. I had shame about, shame about my flabby boobs and my loose stomach skin. I couldn't climb the proverbial rope uh, or do the monkey bars or the jungle gym or all that stuff. I panic at the thought of the test of just climb the rope. Just climb the rope. Um, I couldn't. I had puny arms and a big fat body, and I couldn't do it. Uh, so elementary school, I was always looking around wondering, uh, how not to get caught being and feeling different. And weight was not a, uh, I mean, we were, the, the neighborhood I grew up in, everybody's about the same. We were all, uh, white. We were all Jewish. Uh, we all had professional parents. We were all gonna go to this, you know, the same kind of schools after, uh, uh, so the only differences were that I was fat and most of the other kids weren't. Um, Middle school, elementary school, I lost 30 pounds one summer, which you've got to be plenty fat to lose that much weight in elementary school. Uh, I think it was about 50 in, uh, it wasn't middle school. Who am I kidding? I'm old. It was junior high school. And, uh, I lost the 50, but it stayed off, I think, about an hour, hour and a half tops. Uh, I took diet pills, which, as you can tell from the pace of my speaking, I didn't need diet pills. <laughs> Nothing worse than being around me than being around me on speed. Uh, so um, I love the line. All it ever did was make me eat faster. Um, and, so, you know, I did the grapefruit and the hard-boiled egg, uh, the half a slice of toast. And uh, I grew up in the Metrical and Sego era. For those of you who are, I see some heads nodding. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Metrical, for those who don't know, was the worst tasting drink there was, and it was really helpful to wash down the, uh, no, the Seagull was. The Metrical was the cookies. 
three little nine little cookies in a plastic wrapper. Cookies made of I think it was uh, artificial chocolate and sawdust. And if you ate them, you'd wake up in the morning uh, not fat anymore. Um, I grew up very close to the uh, Weight Watchers main office uh, in the Fairfax area of Los Angeles uh, by the Grove. And uh, I see more his head nodding. I, I love that. Uh, I've never lived more than five or ten miles from that area. So, uh, and I'm pushing. Well, I'm old. I'm pushing old. So, um, uh, but then something happened. Again, I came from a very normal-looking family. My mom was, yeah, my mom was my mom. Uh, we middle class. Uh, my dad worked for the defense department. He was a, an accountant. My sister looked like, uh, you know, she was tall and blonde and thin and pretty and didn't have a lot of self-esteem. And uh, it was just very normal. And then in May of 1967, uh, I woke up one day basically and my mom was dead. Uh, she was dying over five months, but I did not know that because uh, we have secrets in our family. <laughs> so my dad knew my mom was dying and didn't tell her and didn't tell me and didn't tell my sister. So you take a compulsive overeater who feels different and less than. You add a crew cut <laughs> and shirt tails which wouldn't tuck in. And then you uh, enter him in an organization of which I had no, there were no other members. I didn't know any other kids my age. There were very few divorces in my in my world, and there were no dead parents. And I knew real early. I knew about goldfish dying, and I and I knew that grandparents died, but I could not wrap my brain around that my mother was gone. And I was 14, and uh, basically all hell broke loose. Uh, I went from having two parents to having no parents. My dad drank for a couple, two, three years, and he was just too depressed. That was the love of his life. And food was my salvation, uh, whether it was norms on La Sienica or ships on La Sienica, whether it was uh, the piece of pizza on the uh, 18th in La Sienica by the old Montgomery Wards Mall, whether it was. And what I would do, guys, is I would go and order and then sit down at the counter and get something fast, easy to prepare right then and there. While I was waiting. So in 1976, when I ordered my $1.76 bicentennial special of a burger. Six minutes, and, Jack. That's so first. that's what it was like. That's what it was like. I ate all the time. I lost 100 pounds once at UCLA. Uh, and by the time I was done with graduate, by the time I was one year into graduate school, I gained back 100 pounds. And the demoral, the incomprehensible demoralization inherent in being 100 pounds overweight only uh, uh, swash for a moment of losing all the weight and thinking that no symptom, no problem, uh, was no truth. Uh, next thing I knew, I was back up 100, and that just knocked me out. Uh, I could not stop. I called my father crying about my pants being tight and my stomach hurting, and I just could not stop eating I, I, uh, nonstop. I tried a career. Uh, I went to law school. I, uh, I ate my way through law school. I took up drinking for, for those feelings which uh, food didn't uh, knock out. Uh, I took up vodka and Valium, which uh, <laughs> don't make for a great combination if you're trying to study and stay lucid. And then I graduated law school. I went into a career for four and a half years that was not of my choosing per se. I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it. I didn't do anything toward it. And, you know, big surprise, I failed at it. 
And so one day in early January 1982, uh, after New Year's, of course, after that day that was going to change everything, New Year's Day or Monday or the first, but this was the, the new one. I made a phone call, a desperation phone call to a woman I knew and said, help me, please help me. I'm, I'm dying here. I thought about suicide on a, on a fairly regular basis by then. Uh, didn't have the courage to do it, but spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, uh, by then, my dad's functioning okay. My sister's functioning okay. And I look okay or not, but I'm dying. So I made a phone call, and next thing I got was a suggestion to go to an OA meeting. And I can't tell you what happened, but I went to Beverly Hills High School on a Tuesday night, and I heard a lot of things. I was a fly, I wanted to be a fly on a wall, but in a room where uh, there were probably 60 women and like four of us guys, uh, it was rather difficult to to, to remain, uh, you know, inobtrusively uh, not noticed. And uh, I listened. Uh, they read what a sponsor was. Uh, they said, find somebody who has what you want and find out how they got it. So I liked what the speaker had. <laughs> We're still friends uh, 39 years later. I don't think he's in program, but we're still friends. And all he had that I wanted was uh, he was thin. Uh, he had been fat. He was married and he was funny. And that was about my criterion for asking him to be my sponsor. And I must say that he ended the meeting <laughs> uh, with, if you didn't like anything I said tonight, come back next week. There'll be some other psychotic person here telling their story. And I thought, dear God, if he's right, I'm screwed. But 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 I went home, and uh, I was waiting for the miracle. And except for I had to stop one last time at the 7-Eleven. Well, and at the liquor store. And then one more last time at the 7-Eleven and the liquor store. There's probably eight or nine or ten stops between Beverly Hills High School and Wilshire and Lincoln in Santa Monica, the 15-minute drive. And I woke up sick to my stomach in the morning. And uh, there's a there's a line in a religious, well, why is this night different? Why is this morning different than all other mornings? And you know what? It wasn't, except for something was different, and I can't tell you what it was. I, I really can't. I woke up sick to my stomach. But I had Gary's phone number, and I called him, and he suggested I join him in a meeting that night, which was a Tuesday night, same place. And then there was a meeting that still in, exists in L.A., uh, Palms Park on Wednesday night. And some people said, you want to have dinner first? And so I joined them at uh, a long, long since defunct deli. And then Thursday night, somebody said, well, you're the next fat guy. You're a 100-pounder. Why don't you go to a 100-pounders meeting? And that wonderful meeting that still exists in Westchester on Thursday nights in L.A. was at the Federal Building. And they must have had 80 or 100 people there. And it was just wonderful. And then as I was leaving that night, somebody said, you want to go out to dinner before Friday night's meeting? And. It's like I had somewhere else to go, not. Um, so I met them for dinner somewhere, and then we went to uh, Thalian's. And I must admit that I was starting, you know, I'm, I, I think funny. That's just the way I think. <laughs> and the first thing I thought of is I got to do something with the fact that we're having a meeting at a mental health facility. Like uh, I knew they'd let me in. My concern was what they let me out at the end of the night. And then, you know, they said, by the way, it's the weekend, so, you know, you still have your disease, what are you doing tomorrow morning? And again, I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, what am I doing? Nothing. So we met uh, at uh, that uh, facility that AA had on uh, Ohio, Ohio Street, the maintainers meeting. And 
some of the same people would carry over, and then we all went to a restaurant <laughs> uh, that's no longer there. Uh, remember that place, Michael? Uh, <laughs> Hamburger Henry's. And we'd all go to lunch, and nothing worse than 50 compulsive overeaters going to lunch, man. We probably drove many a, a, a waitress batty. Um, and then, you know, Sunday, God rested, but uh, we weren't allowed to. So uh, it was Serenity Sunday, which still exists. And, uh, you know, uh, and then Monday was back to Monday. And we went around as a bunch of lemmings. Uh, we all did similar things. We all were carrying our big books, and we all read a lot. I read a lot. Uh, uh, we laughed a lot. We didn't eat a lot anymore. I wrote down at my first meeting, three meals a day, nothing in between. I wrote down no sugar, no bread. I don't drink, so no alcohol, no fried foods, uh, a couple of other items. And you know what? I eat the same way today. And so what was it? Twelve minutes, Jack. Yeah. What it's like today is I've learned, first of all, if you're new, I've always had a sponsor. Six years, six years, and do the math to 39 Um uh, 27 years. Um, I've always sponsored. I've always gone to meetings. I've never not wanted to. So for me, staying and keeping coming back has never been an issue. I've come to believe in a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity, and I know I get a daily reprieve predicated upon working on that spiritual thing. And I'll tell you, the first six years I was in program, my program, I must admit, was a food plan and therapy. And you know what? I listened and I learned but I didn't change much. But I did as much as I could, and I didn't leave. And I pull aside. I'm looking at you now, Michael. So I, I want to pull aside people like Michael or Matt. Uh, may he rest in peace. And I'd walk down the street, and we'd sit at coffee shops, and I'd read writing. And they'd listen, and they'd mean it, and they'd, and they'd share, and they meant it. And they said they'd uh, talk to me that night, and they meant it. And I'd never known anything quite like that before. Uh, uh, I, look, the first step was easy to take for me. I, I was powerless over food. My life was absolutely unmanageable. I've written three fourth steps. If you're new, don't get intimidated. Don't don't think you got to do it perfectly. If you're around for a long time, you'll do it again and again. Uh, uh, I've I've prayed in six and seven to have God remove my character defects. I've made amends to a whole lot of people. Uh, uh, I try to keep my, uh, my slate clean by the end of the night, not carry too much. I try not to create any, uh, mess in my present so I don't have to go back and clean up more wreckage in the past. Uh, I try not to create too much wreckage anymore. Um, the, I try to live in the 11th and 12th step, the 11th step being about prayer and meditation, which are the spiritual part of the program, which is all that really matters is the part that I say not my uh, finest suit. But you know what? I got exposed to the spirituality of recovery early on. I was told don't have contempt prior to investigation. I investigated, and I really didn't have contempt. I just didn't get it, and I still don't get it. But I, I, I still know that there's a power greater than me, and the extent to which I stay out of that way and turn my life over and throw my hands up and surrender and go with the flow of life as it exists, I'm going to be okay. My sponsor told me, reassured me, it's not about stuff, but let me tell you something. I always wanted to be in a relationship, and in the next week I'll be celebrating 20 years married, which is rather ridiculous. Um, I wear the same pants now year in and year out, and 
And look, I've been thinner too. You know, I took my disease the other way. I got down to 158 pounds at six feet tall, which is idiotic. I was sick. I didn't feel good, but I was thin. And the more you worried, the better I felt. And I was not even insulted when people said, he must be gay and he's dying of AIDS in 1982 and three. I was just thrilled they were worried about my weight. It was felt great. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm 185 now. I had a physical last week and I'm really healthy. I've got a career because I shared and didn't leave. Angels came from the left and angels came from the right. And next thing I knew, I had a career in the early eighties and I'm still doing it 39 years later and I never have a bad day. I never have a bad day about work anyway. Not a bad day about work. I don't have bad days about food anymore. And some days I eat a little too much, probably. I have a food sponsor uh, who's in this meeting, and I have not missed a, 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 a grain of anything in, I'm guessing, six or seven years. I write my food every day. Uh, and you know what? Uh, small price to pay to maintain what I've been given uh, and given freely. Uh, 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 I'm of service. I became a delegate last year for the first time in 38 years. <laughs> I'm a delegate at a different meeting this year. Uh, service is imperative, imperative. Um, uh, I write some. I read plenty. When I was done with the big book, I went to the 12 and 12. Then I went to the LA 12 and 12. And then I went to the uh, – uh, uh, I'm doing the workbook now. Uh, uh, I sponsor a guy for almost 20 years or whatever, over 20 years, and – uh, he was doing questions and answers out of the workbook. So I said, what the hell? And now we read pretty much every day to each other, our writing, uh, make a little mini workshop for ourselves. Uh, if you're new, uh, I have found every single thing I ever wanted in the rooms and in the people and in the process and in the steps and in the tools and in, in the traditions of this program. Anything I need, I supplement it with therapy. I supplement it with uh, 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 all kinds of things. I mean, my, my, my religion of origin, I've gone back to, and the literature says, go back if you want, don't go back if you want. That's not what's important. This is a spiritual program, and it's a spiritual malady I've got, and it's not going to be solved by diets and therapy. It's going to be solved one day at a time by turning my life and my will over and working on a spiritual a relationship with a higher power and getting out of my own way. Uh, who was it? There was a comic who was speaking at the end of the Golden Globes in a little vignette. And somebody said, how have you made it through 2020? And this guy said something about, um, I'm of service and something else. And I said, oh, my God, he's one of us. Um, I try to be of service. Uh, I pick up trash, which I used to scoff at. Uh, I try to help people. I try to bring a, a, a smile to people's day. Um, and I'm a servant of God, and that's my job. And I was taking a religious class once, and they said, you know, all, we all have our callings and our skills, and it's your obligation as a good human being. The guy didn't say as a good Jew. He said as a good human being to to live in the spirit of what you've been given and share it with others. And today I feel that way. Uh, I'll end with this because there's a couple of people who've heard it before, but most have, have not. And I wear a medallion, which basically is a long story, but cut to the short part is it, it, it spells out in another language. The great miracle happened here. And uh, it's a long story for those who know it. They know it. For those who don't, it really doesn't matter. But I really see these meetings Time. and yeah, these meetings and you all as uh, uh, proof and inspiration 
that the great miracle happens here, and it happens for all of us. Um, so thank you so much, Annie, for being a great example of recovery and for me, including me in this meeting and for asking me to speak tonight. And I apologize for not doing the format right. Thank you all. No worries. Woohoo!